Good morning, and welcome to worship at United Methodist Church Westlake Village's online worship service this morning. We are so glad that you are with us, and we are gathering around our virtual communion table today to be connected to one another as well as being as well as connecting with God and with the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Now is the time for you to gather your elements if you don't already have them set. We come to the communion table, not because the table itself is so special, but because it is an echo of another table, a table that stretches as far as the eye can see, a table that is laden with God's good gifts, a table where no one goes hungry or sits alone, a table where everyone we ever love and everyone who ever loved us sits and feasts together. As we think about tables and how we gather together, we think about how Thanksgiving is coming up in the near future. And we know that there's some in our communities who would benefit by having their Thanksgiving meal provided for them. We are asking you to consider going and buying a complete set of the non-perishable portions of a meal for many mansions so that we can provide a meal so that no one goes hungry on Thanksgiving. If you're, if you're looking, looking for the information, information about what to, to give, it's available online and um, in our newsletter. So please look into that information. Today is also All Saints Sunday, and we will be thinking about the family table. In our own lives, we sit at tables where there are empty chairs, people we love and miss, people who no longer stop by for dinner or come in for the holidays. We, we grieve those empty chairs, but we know that in Christ, our separation is only a temporary thing. I invite you to think about the saints in your lives, the people whose memory you carry in your heart. During prayer time, Pastor Walt will lift up the names that were submitted and a bell will be rung. There are roses that represent the names submitted in addition to one extra flower to represent anyone whose name was not lifted up but is on your heart this day. For all those we will mention in your presence, God, we give thanks and come gladly to this table to eat once more with those we love, to join with all of the saints, all our saints, in praising Jesus Christ who defeated death and leads us all to God's heavenly banquet. All are welcome here. Let us worship. Oh, give, oh, give thanks, thanks to the Lord, Lord for, for he, he is, is good. good. 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to inhabit a town, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they, then they cried, cried to the Lord, Lord in their trouble, and he, and he delivered them from their distress. He led, he led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. He turned rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the wickedness of the inhabitants. He turns, he turns a, a desert, desert into pools, pools of water, water a, parched a parched land into springs, springs of water. And there, and there he, he lets the hungry, hungry live. live. And they, and they establish a town to live, to live in. They, they sow, sow fields and plant vineyards, vineyards and, get and get a fruitful, fruitful yield. yield. the time in our worship service where we invite the children to come close to your computer screens, TV screens, telephones, so that we can have a conversation with each other. As I shared at the beginning of worship, today is All Saints Sunday, and that's a day that we remember those loved ones that have passed away over the last year, those people who we don't necessarily get to see anymore, but we look forward to an opportunity to seeing them at a day, in, hopefully in the distant future for all of you, when you are in God's kingdom. But we know that God is with us and that our communion that we celebrate in connects us with the people who have passed away, with those that are in our communities now, and those who will come after us. Communion brings us all together. The Sunday School lesson that we talked about online this week was one about Abraham receiving visitors. Three strangers came up and he and his wife Sarah prepared a meal for them. He, he, they made sure that they set up a nice feast for these people that came to visit and they had a nice time together. Towards the end of the conversation, one of the strangers said, asked where Sarah was because she was inside the tent and Abraham explained that to the visitor and the visitor said, by the next time that I come to visit, within a year's time, Sarah will have a child. And Sarah heard this stranger say that and she laughed. She laughed really well because she had been wanting a kid for so long and had kind of given up on that dream. But God promised her and promised Abraham. If you remember last week, we talked about how God promised Abraham as many children as there were stars in the sky, and they were still waiting. So Sarah was a little skeptical about this promise. But in the story, that stranger says, oh, Sarah, although you laugh, I guarantee you that this is true. 
And what a great gift that it is indeed true that God can surprise us. God can offer us blessings when we feel like all things uh, are not working in our favor. Now, I'm not promising that it's always going to be the case, but I hope that you continue to look at the world in such a way that you remember that you can be surprised by God's love and grace. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for surprising us. Thank you for giving us wonder. Thank you for communion, which unites us to our family, past, present, and future. Amen. Let us now unite our spirits and be together in prayer. Holy God, we come to you this day in prayer, fully aware of the blessings we experience in life, simply in life. And so we begin by giving you praise and thanks for these and for all the other tender mercies of these days. Praise and thanks be unto you. We think of those near to us and those about whom we have heard that are in physical or mental distress. We pray for your healing grace to surround them and to strengthen them to face the challenges of their day. Specifically, we mention with Christy Douglas, Scott Berman, who is in ICU with AFib, struggling to breathe. With Barbara for Bill Kahn, as he receives a pacemaker. We pray for Margie Price as she struggles with uh, back ailments and uh, a sore knee. For Zara Dick as she has been diagnosed with cancer. For Jim and Diane Lawson, as they both struggle with uh, managing their pain and their ability to have movement. With Myra Fisher, we pray for Jack, who has uh, cancer and is moving into hospice, 
and for grandson Miles who is recovering from health concerns. We pray for Joyce Throop who is healing from a broken leg. From Tom McNish who is having carpal tunnel surgery and for Gail McNish as she deals with a problem with her eye. We pray for Cindy Price, who is battling cancer. With Abby Fenton, we pray for her granddaughter, who, though pregnant 33 weeks, is suffering from COVID. We pray for her husband as well, and we pray that her children would remain well, Savannah and Weston. With Jan Sorsen, we pray for her niece and her nephew in Omaha, both who have COVID. With Rosemarie Zimmerman, family and her friends, those of Fred Rosenberg, who has been killed in a car accident last Monday. With Candy Wilcox, we, we pray for the family and friends of Denny Coons, who passed away recently. And with Barb Stone, we pray for Cheryl Norland, who was hospitalized, and for a friend who had a bike accident. And together with me, we pray for my wife as she travels to Philadelphia to be with Stewart's family for safety and continued health. Holy Lord, Hear our prayers. We give you thanks for all those in our community who help our society maintain itself and order itself and improve itself. We think of our first responders, essential workers, and medical professionals. We think of those who produce our food and work in our fields. We think of our teachers and our campus staff. We think of those who help their neighbors and tend the lonely and alone. And we pray for all of those who reach out with hand and heart to your children, Lord God, who are in anxiety and in uncertainty. Be with all of these folks in the ways that they need to be nurtured and to be healed. And on this All Saints Sunday, we remember those among us who have passed on to life eternal, who had in their hearts the intention of being a disciple of Christ and the aspiration of sanctification of their souls. Specifically today, Lord God, we, your living saints here at United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, remember these folk. With Ra's table, we remember her father, Russ Wood. With Brenda Rogers, 
we remember a good friend, Dick Pickerton. <coughs> With Phyllis Marbach, we remember a mother-in-law, Janet McIntosh Marbach. With Pam Marin, we remember Mother Teresa Coco Turney. With Matt Marin, we remember Father Bob Marin. With Herb Berger, we remember daughter Bonnie Joyce. B.J. Mandel. With Joni Donaldson, we remember dear husband, Dale Donaldson. With Carol Freeman, we remember brother-in-law, Mark Lawrence. With the Albertson and Sheehan family, we remember Dana Sheehan. With Kitty Sawtaw, we remember stepmother Sylvia Warner. With Carol Ames, we remember Dee Skeels. With Nancy Moravec, we remember Barbie Skinner. And we remember Barbie Bergen. With Jane Chapman, we remember Judy Sharp. With Esther McLean, we remember Natalie Stubbs. With Carissa Birmingham, we remember Angela Pasek. With Phil Jackson, we remember James Pollack. With Bev Ewing, we remember husband, Russell Ewing. And together we remember Lloyd Loomis. Lynn Jones. We thank you for all your servants, Lord God, who having finished their course now rest from their labors. Give us grace to follow the example of their steadfastness and faithfulness to your honor and glory. And Lord God, we would pray to be your hands and your heart in our days and our circumstances that you would help us live our faith in concrete acts of compassion and caring, 
Help us, Lord God, to build your blessed community among us through your spirit with our lives. And so it is, we pray this all in Christ Jesus' name, joining together now in the prayer he taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, and Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 2. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. You remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We work day and night so that we might not burden any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how pure, upright, and blameless our conduct was towards you believers. As you know, we dealt with each one of you like a father with his children, urging and encouraging you and pleading you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also constantly give thanks to God for this. And when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as what it really is, God's word, which is also at work in you believers. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Rejoice in God's saints today and all days, a world without sin. Gets how to praise their faith in acquiring the habits of prayer, their depth of adoring. Lord, help us to share. Rejoice in God's saints today and all days, a world without sin. Forgets how to praise. In loving, in living, they prove it is true. The way of self giving, Lord, leads us to you. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the ways in which your power has moved among us, offering us blessing, connecting us across the internet so that we might be able to celebrate you more fully and to remember those who have gone before us. Be with us this day that we continue to celebrate and live our lives well as a representation of the messages of love, hope, and peace 
that you have taught to us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My opening words this morning uh, were interspersed with words from a liturgy by Reverend Carol H. Ferguson. All of the words about the table were ones that she had written that I thought were just so beautiful and so profound. As she talked about the fact that the table itself was not significant, but what the table represented made me think of one of my favorite songs. Zach Brown Band has a song named The Family Table that I sing on a regular basis and actually has a little bit of the centerpiece of what I would love to do with a worship service once we're out of quarantine and we can actually gather around a table again. But the words from the song says, it's just an old piece of wood on top of four legs. It's got a few coffee stains and a thousand marks from God knows when. Ain't too many things that could stand the test of time, but this family table held together by love that never dies. And then he sings, won't you come on in? Supper's almost done. Go, oh, now I'm gonna sing it wrong because I heard my husband laughing on the side. So, you know, I don't really sing that much, but I sing it all the time at home. But the words say, won't you come on in? Supper's almost done. Go ahead and call your friends because we've got room for everyone. Let's make some memories around this nine-foot pine. Pull up a chair and stay a while at this family table. It's the cornerstone that held us all up through the best of times. The song goes on. It even has uh, a, a stanza about joining in prayer and thanksgiving together. And it's just a beautiful song about the significance of something that could be viewed as just a piece of wood, but brings about so many memories. Just as Ferguson's words talked about the table that we gather at at feasts and how there's empty chairs there, we recognize that there's empty chairs in our lives. Those loved ones that have gone before us this year and have left us to, to um, who have passed on, and we miss them. Their chairs are empty, but we know that there's ways to give honor and memory to them. Just like our family tables are ones that have great memories and great significance, every time we gather around the communion table, we remember that we're connected to our past and we're living into the future, that we are at a place where everything joins together. And on All Saints Sunday, it's that much more powerful because of the fact that this is a day where we take the time to recognize a thin space, a place where we might be able to connect with our loved ones more fully. We have words in our liturgy on a, a monthly basis that talk about the cloud of witness and feasting together at God's heavenly banquet. But sometimes we don't take those words in. And there's something beautiful to say that that communion connects us to our past. This day, I want to talk about celebrating our past and those loved ones that have gone before us. Several of our congregation members, as they submitted names of their loved ones, shared a little bit of wisdom that was imparted to them by that loved one who passed away. Roz Tabo says that her father, Russ Wood, taught her to pursue wisdom. Jane Chapman, when remembering her friend Judy, talked about how loving Judy was as a nurse and who had a sense of humor and a triumphant spirit. 
which gave Jane just a heart that warmed her to no end. Russell Ewing, or Bev told us that Russell said to every one of his children on a regular basis that every accomplishment starts with the right decision. And that right decision is saying, I'll try, giving it an effort. Uh, Joni talks about Dale being her steady, supportive friend and love. D. Uh, Skills was a lover of music and baseball. She supported the learning of music and music education to the point that she loaned her own bells to the church for pizzazz, and for that we'll be eternally grateful. We remember with Esther McLean that some of our loved ones go far too soon as we remember Natalie Stubbs. We recognize the, those that um, Nancy Moravec lifted up. Her aunt, who was an accomplished artist and beloved teacher who was fond of animals and taught, how to, to, taught everyone how to adapt through times of personal hardship. And she would be the one, first one to step forward to lend a hand and make a situation easier for others to bear. We remember those that go before us. Um, we remember Dana Sheehan. One of her favorite lines was, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, which is a quote from, I believe, Voltaire. Uh, and she would say that to her family on a regular basis and to her kids. And when Lynn was reflecting on this, she said, I think we all remember hearing these words, especially her daughters, when we would get too involved in the process instead of the outcome. How important is that? That we don't let the idea and the vision keep us from living out something, something that is good, something that is praiseworthy, something that gives honor to God. Because sometimes we do such a good job of making that list that we get overwhelmed and then we don't know where to start. But if we let perfect hinder us from doing something, then we miss the opportunity to give praise and honor to God, to our loved ones who taught us well, and those who go before us. Uh, Pam Myron remembers that her mother, Coco, reminded her on a regular basis that it's easier to catch flies with honey. And Kitty Salto reflects on her stepmother, who was someone who exemplified the meaning of love and loyalty to a family. After Kitty's father died, her stepmother loved and cared for Kitty's grandmother until she passed. She was dedicated in commitment. Oh, and there are so many more memories that we could reflect on, but I think that you get the message. There are blessings from those that have come before us, who have taught us pieces of wisdom, who have given us the opportunity to grow into who we are and who we might be. That is a truth for us as a church congregation as well. We recognize that we miss certain people. Some of them have passed away. We miss Dale as he would teach our Boy Scouts to, to learn what the codes of ethics are and what it means to be a Boy Scout and how to grow into someone who lived with integrity. We miss Dana who, despite the fact that she said, don't let perfect get in the way of good, when she would run VBS, it would be a VBS that everyone remembered because she was, was able to keep those details in place. 
but we also miss people who have gone too soon for other reasons as well. Those that have moved away, those that have been called to another location, those who have just left us. We miss them, but we celebrate the wisdom and what they have taught us over the years. We as a church over the last year and a half have spent time looking at our past, looking at who we are and how we have set a foundation for ourselves. We started as the church on the corner, but now we strive to be the church in the community and the church that serves the world to represent God in ways that continue to build God's kingdom. We continue to live and to think and to grow. As we think about our past, we have ways to grab onto that, to celebrate the good parts of our past and say we are going to live into that into the future and carry that into the future in such a way that we are bigger than we are now in representing God's kingdom to the world, that we are continuing to further our community, our message of love, grace, and peace. And we are continuing to live in such a way that we grow our hearts, our faith, hopefully our congregation at the same time. All of this is true. We have, over the course of the next several weeks, asked members of our church to take a couple moments to share with us their reflections about why the church is significant to them. Today you're gonna hear from Jane Chapman, who will share how the church has helped her set a foundation for herself and what it means to her. Good morning, and welcome to all of you joining us online in our worship for Westlake United Methodist Church. We're glad you're here. When I was asked if I could say a few words this morning to sort of help kick off our, our stewardship campaign for the year, I was totally up for it. Then I got the straight skinny. I was asked to select one, one, mind you, one program, one element, one concept, something vital that has served us and our community well for the first 50 years at UMCWV, and likely one we would want to carry into the next 50 years. Oh, and I'm supposed to say this in three minutes or less. Seriously? I felt blindsided. Then a light flashed on. I could do this. One thing, one word, one single four-letter word that starts with capital L. This church knows how to love. As two of the still standing charter members of UMCWV, Don and I have experienced this love time after time. Following hospitalizations, we have both received a plethora of blessings, cards, prayers, visits, phone calls, and so much food, you might have thought I had never learned to cook. But we don't just look after each other in our own little United Methodist clique. We as a church reach out in countless ways to support the greater community by helping Manna keep his pantry supplied with food for the needy, 
by assisting many mansions in its incredible effort to supply residential services for children, youth, and adults, and the chronically homeless in our area. The list goes on. Earlier this year, when Bruce Vandervalk and I collaborated to create the new anthem, Let Love Lead, we based our efforts on the text from Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Thou shalt love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the great commandment, and a second one is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So as each of us prayerfully considers our giving for the coming year, it is my hope that we will carry this commandment with us, that we will open our arms in love to the marginalized, the alone, to those with whom we might differ in our points of view, our values, or our way of being. This is the heart of Christ, as I understand it. This is what we are called to be in our own stewardship. This is my hope for the next 50 years at UMCWV. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Uh, let love lead. That is a beautiful new anthem, and I'm so thankful that you talked about that during your message. Our stewardship campaign this year goes along with our tagline that we've been talking about. Over the last several weeks, or over the last several years, we've been talking about setting a course for a better life. Our stewardship campaign is setting a new course. We as a church community have the opportunity to look back on our past, celebrate what has gone well, what we cherish, the music programs, the children, having a vital youth program, all of those things, and taking the time to see what investments we're making now to continue that ministry in such a way that they are vital, that they grow in size, and that we are reaching more people so that they might know God's love for them through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope and pray that over the next several weeks, you will feel inspired and encouraged to think about the things that are vital and important to you from our past and where God might be calling us into in the future so that as we dream and plan together, we join together in setting a new course, a new course that takes us into the world in such a way that people say, because of the, your faith community, I recognize more clearly who Jesus is, how Jesus loved, and how I am supposed to live in the world. And I hope that whether it's that you gather around the family table, you gather around the communion table, or you gather around another table, that you find ways to make memories that make something that might seem insignificant into something that is transformative and powerful and life-changing. We, as people of faith, as we join together in setting a new course, we are working to continue to build the kingdom of God. Amen. We have the opportunity 
today, as we have each day, every day, to do something that helps build God's kingdom within and among. What might you say? What is it that you might do? When you think about what a marvelous witness this church has been over its first five decades, I hope you pause, like me, in thanks to God for helping all of the saints of this church in this effort. What would you want to see continue on? What would you support to keep? Now is the time to think on these things and determine the strength of your stewardship over God's blessings received and God's blessings conveyed. As we draw to the close of 2020, we encourage you to give generously to the church in ending this year and to consider how generous you can be in underwriting God's ministries among us during 2021. You have a pledge card in hand to help empower 2021, and you have this present opportunity now to give to UMCWV for 2020. A screen will appear shortly on how to do just that. Please give generously.
let us join our spirits together as we ready our spirits to partake in the sacrament of our Lord. There to the edge of chaos you came, God from before time began, and you called out in a voice of imagination so that all which is wonderful and good might spring into life out of the emptiness. From the dust of the earth you breathed life into those created in your divine image. Not so we might be saints without blemish, but we would be your children who would follow you in all the days you created. But we were easily distracted by death and the easy promises of temptation. You sent women and men to us, not as examples of perfect humanity, but to call us back into your presence. But we could not resist idolizing all those who would pull us away from you. That is when you sent Jesus to us, as we could not save ourselves from ourselves. Though you alone are holy, you are still the God who leans over to wipe the tears of this pandemic from our hearts. We are blessed that Jesus has come to share your love and hope with us, overflowing with your power and might. He embraces the poor and spirit. The word which called forth life, he stands with us in graveyards. The one of whom choirs of angels sang, he shares his heritage with the gentle. Pouring out his glory and wisdom, he clothes us with compassion. Isaiah's true peaceful prince, he calls us to join him in reconciling our brokenness, charged and condemned for being God's justice. He shows us the way to God's community. Broken, suffering, and dying for us, he defeated the power of death over all of us. Sharing resurrection with his sisters and his brothers. We have no idea what the future will hold for us, but trust that it will hold the life and grace which has poured out on us through Christ Jesus. Here at this table, on this day of remembrance, we discover how much love God has for us as we gather around the feast where those who have gone before us have been fed. We pray you will pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and cup, and as well as, well as for those whose hunger for justice seems to go unfilled for far too long, and for those whose thirst for righteousness is not quenched. We eat this bread, hoping to taste God's gentleness, to go into the world to care for those 
who are needing to wear a mask, to stay apart from others, to care for strangers as much as for themselves. And as we share in the cup of grace, may we see God's hope heading out into the world as God's people to offer shelter to the forgotten, to feed those whose hunger is still there, to speak out of, for those who endure the great ordeal of oppression. And when we gather with those from every nation, those from all tribes and peoples and languages, especially those who have gone through this pandemic, as we will all be with God, no longer isolated or quarantined, but worshiping day and night, God in community, holy in one. Amen. You are invited to partake of this heavenly feast. Go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love goes with you each and every day, setting a new course. Amen. <laughs>